Welcome to Across the Rail Podcast. Wesleyan laity and clergy who have finally gotten their schedules together to podcast again today, dishing hot takes on current events, church stuff, and cultural issues. Our episode today discusses our use of the terms evangelism, renewal, and revival. Do Wesleyans really know what these things are? And how we personally and corporately experience these? And are there false imitations of these? And how do we tell the difference? Warning, we're not the terminally polite Wesleyans of old, but call it like it is from the pulpit to the pews across the rail. Our episode today is entitled, What Exactly is Evangelism, Renewal, and Revival? Last week, our August panel of the ATR podcast had a spirited discussion of baptism modes. Until some preacher chimed in with some strong digital statements. And as is our want, we'll grill this unnamed preacher about this and begin the discussions of things that lead to baptism. So we welcome you to listen in as we talk through this, and we hope this informs and encourages you. But before that, who's here? Ryan. Jody's here. And Greg. So... Without naming a pastor, but the one that's sitting across the table from me, I'm going to ask you to uh, elucidate first. What is and also what is not evangelism? What is and what is not evangelism? Yes. Evangelism to me is anytime the word of God is being proclaimed in public, uh, in any public form of any kind, be it knocking on doors, personal witness to what the good Lord has done for you, uh, just preaching the gospel in public by our actions is evangelism. Okay. And what is, what, what is not evangelism that maybe some people have thought was evangelism, in your opinion? That is a great question. Um, I always ask the hard questions. Yeah, you do ask the hard questions. Uh, for me, the thing that I would take as being what people would consider evangelism that I personally do not necessarily <clears throat> consider evangelism, and this is kind of a slippery slope here on this, I guess, but some of the maybe like the New Age worship music that... Uh, I am raising my hands in, in, in the glory you are effusing. Right because now. a lot of people, you see people getting, no, they're dancing, they're getting, but they're not being fed any kind. And they attend these big concerts, some of these new age Christian musicians. Right. But they are not being, they're, they're, they're never actually being told the gospel of Jesus Christ in, in, within the music. Like they, they, they throw in just little nuggets here and there but it's never a complete picture. That is a huge missed opportunity in evangelism. I think, well, go ahead. Ryan, Jody? I would I would say, uh, let's bring it a little closer to home. Trunk or treat. Uh, the the Father's go. Day uh, car shows and the movie nights. So anytime that we have the opportunity, we gather folks together at church for an event structured around something it should be it should they be should get a healthy dose of jesus before they get entertained and I like that, that, what sadly is uh they get about as much jesus as they do at the uh the concerts that you're talking about yeah and so uh i like it that's a good point 
I didn't think about that, but you're spot on. That, that's that. to me that is the wrong idea of evangelism. Okay, so <clears throat> I'm going to flip that on you, Jody. Okay. What is a, in your opinion, a proper and right and neat way to evangelize in the modern era? Well, honestly, Ryan pretty much hammered it out, you know, and I'm in agreement with him. The focus needs to be Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And when we get sidetracked with the trappings of entertainment, of creature comforts, uh, there's just too much room for, for, for things to get lost. Now, you have to realize, I come back from a background where uh, uh, when you were very young, you stayed in the church with your mother and your father, and you didn't disrupt. You listened, and that's the way it was. Uh, you know, nowadays they give them video games to play with. The, you know, basically anything to entertain the kid to keep it quiet. That's not that's not evangelism. That's not healthy growth in Christ. So the things that we do with good intentions are just distractions. You know, I was thinking as a as a young man and my early cognitive uh, remembrances of uh, going to church. We had a church that had a beautiful waxed, uh, shellacked wood floor, uh, very slick. Mm. And those wooden pews, you could get under them and pull yourself on your back and uh, slide very easily from pew to pew to pew. And uh, I can remember when we got uh, tired of drawing on... Praise right. God for offering envelopes right. because they were, they they were, were the laptop before then mm -hmm. for children to entertain <laughs> themselves. Um, we would get on the floor and slide until my father would find out, and then uh, you know, I would be arrested and apprehended and uh, brought back to yeah. my original place and my family. But to your point, children's church was <clears throat> not a thing. It was Corporate worship was exactly that, yeah. corporate. Everybody was there from the folks in the wheelchairs to the folks like me crawling under the pews and sliding. Uh, yeah. So um, I, I completely get that. You know, Jesus said, if, all, if, if, if I am lifted up, I will draw all men to, to myself. And I just, I just know that it doesn't have to be with a megaphone. Right. It doesn't have to be with a you know, a, a whirling sign and light and repent guy. It doesn't need to be a carnival. Atmosphere. It doesn't need to be a carnival, but as long as Jesus is lifted up publicly, right. and I, and, and to be quite honest, it's harder these days to get people inside the doors of the church. So this probably needs to be where the people are. Yeah. Like at, you know, any type of social gathering, concert, fairs, parades, whatever, we... I think we miss opportunities when we don't involve ourselves as a church. And now that we are moving forward, what what better time to drive that stake in the ground of what evangelical Wesleyans believe than to be a part of community right. events? I agree with that wholeheartedly. But like Jody said, with in regards to trunk or treat, some of these concerts, other things, movie nights, whatever the case may be, carnivals, if people are only getting a feel good by being there and it's only triggering, oh, oh, oh I feel great, this makes me feel good, I'm so glad that, that we are not evangelizing. No, we're not. Because the gospel of Jesus Christ should at least stir some kind of an emotion in somebody that they need to repent. Yeah. 
right. or else we are not truly evangelizing. Does so, that make sense? Yeah, so, okay. so if you have evangelism rightly defined, that should lead to some, maybe not all, but to some transformation. It should. It should. Okay. It is that spotlight in a dark room that uh, illuminates the cockroaches. And not, not through anything that we do necessarily. Yeah, we are, we are proclaiming we're doing But that is God's prevenient grace coming upon them and them recognizing it for what it is. Finally, and if that's through our words, great, but it, it's it all done of us. through the Holy Spirit. Yes, it yes, is. The Holy is. Spirit uses what we say and what we do to speak to yes. the person in their own individual right. way to be receptive. The, the main thing is, you know, seriously, anything that we do moving forward needs to be wholeheartedly standing on the rock. There okay. You go. And uh, the mission is Jesus. Without Jesus, there is no hope. Without hope, all is lost. And so I understand the trappings of entertainment as a tool, but, you know, it is only a tool. There, with true evangelism, there's going to be somebody that's going to get up there and they're going to give their testimony before these people. There's going to be somebody that came out there and said, you know what, uh, my life was radically changed, and it should be. Should be. You know, you have swerved into brilliance, sir, Jody. Um, I think every I think every opportunity, uh, much like we have in in uh, uh, twelve steps, in 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 celebrate recovery, and other things, we have personal testimonies. I think the church should always have time. Not open mic night or open mic day, but a succinct three to four minute testimony of what God's done in your life lately. Not 10 years ago, Amen. not 20 years ago, this past week. What was the God moment that you saw? What did the Holy Spirit reveal to you? You think we could, we could, uh, Use that and replace that with the, you know, take away joys and concerns and replace it with that. What has God done in your life lately? I think that'd be go. Amen. That's what I'd like to see. You know, I, I, well, go ahead, Joe. Nothing, nothing builds up excitement. And I'm talking about an inner spiritual man than to be able to see where a life was transformed. And, you know, we all, to an extent, we walk around comfortably numb to really the power of the Holy Spirit because we get, and that's we're going to segue into that when we start talking about renewal. But, you know, because that we're such abysmal failures at practicing renewal, we get so dull. And, you know, if you get, you, you get to hear just a little snippet of what is going on in God's life, then it gives you something to grasp onto. It gives you a reason to look and see where God is because the truth is, just like in Sunday school when we talk, you know, all creation declares of his glory. You do not have to look far to see God Amen. in action. Right. I'm going to throw out a scripture because I think this is just perfect for us talking about evangelism because, again, Jesus gives us the perfect example. Matthew chapter 9, verses 35 through 38 then Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God, and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them, because they were weary and scattered, 
like sheep having no shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is truly plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. That's, that, that's very succinct and to the point, Ryan. I can't add or detract to that. To, to that. So, point number two. What is renewal personally and corporately? What, and, and is that, does that precede evangelism? Is that the spark that starts evangelism, or is it a result of evangelism? No, I'd say it's a catalyst. It's a spark. You can't go out on an empty charge and <clears throat> change the world. You know, you've got to have that. Uh, you got to have that power in your life. You can't share what you don't have. You can't share what you, you don't have. What you and got. when you think of John fifteen five, man, you got to stay plugged in. If we're running around there half cocked and we're not really plugged in, there's not going to be any manifestation. So no, the catalyst is the renewal. Speaking of manifestations, <clears throat> could you delve into? You know, I mean, I, I read Mark. The, the book of Mark. And I mean, the book of Mark has, I don't know how many, maybe 30. It's quite a number. It's double digits of Jesus. The, the, the number one thing it documents what Jesus did was to exercise demons. Right. Now, I'm not saying we need to start exercising in, you know, inanimate objects or, or anything like that. But I mean, what a eye-opening experience to see a, a supernatural move of the Holy Spirit. And is that something that we moderns should look for well, and be open to? Absolutely. Do you think demons disappeared? Uh, do you think, I don't think that, that. Do you think that the attack against mankind has uh, subsided? No, it's in full force. And a good example would be the, uh, what was that uh, award show the other night? Oh. Uh, the, the Grammys. 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 What did we see there? We saw <laughs> demonic influences right in front yeah. of our eyes. You know, Greg, no we're, supposed, we're supposed to be the movers and the shakers. Scripture says we are the head and not the tail, but the church is running around as the tail. Yeah. And so... Uh, well, we're cowed yeah. down. Yeah, well, we're we are. Afraid. Well, because of political correctness. Well, and, and so much of it has also come to the fact that the church is so much like it. Yeah. The church is so much like the world. Well, it is. The church is so much like culture because we're just, we're exactly like <clears throat> some of these churches in Revelation. Pergamum. There you go. You know, we're compromised. We are we, compromised. People have came into our church that are the same way as the world. They're, and they, and but they're not all, transformed. They're not transformed. Thus, not transformed. the church moves corporately toward the world direction because there has not been a transformation. There you go. Christ. There you go. And it's it's a slow well, little process, look, but then before you know it, you end up and you're the United Methodist Church. You go back and look at your foundings of the Roman Catholic Church. And you, you look at who was instrumental in that, Constantine, and mm -hmm. you look at the fact that... Well, he's a big boss. You yeah. kind of got to go. Well, he was way. the big boss, but the problem was he was creating it in his image. And see, that is why that we have to feed ourselves what the Holy Scripture tells us, and we don't need to have 
a bunch of commentaries and we don't have to have a bunch of books. I don't care what the subject is in the Bible. There's at least a hundred books on it that you can go out there and get. Are you saying we need more scripture and less of this? I would say so, yes. And I'm not, don't even mention the name of that. Oh, come on, man. You've got to do it. Of a major televangelism. (laughs) All we're going to say is that that has beautiful teeth and beautiful hair (laughs) and and is located in southeastern Texas. But we won't, uh, we won't reveal his name. Wow. Well, you know, <laughs> guys, first and foremost, the, the man that stands up and proclaims the word to the flock, all his context should be scriptural. It's okay. It's okay to have talking points that are relatable, that will weave into. But if we start out with the stories and then we try to re- weave it into scripture, it gets contorted. Yeah. Getting back to and establishing what we were, what our assumption is that, you know, there's a spark that that renewal starts and then evangelism breaks out, which then should result in transformation. It's kind of like a formula there. So, how does one, how does, how do you start? What is the prime mover of renewal, personally and corporately as a church? Was the prime repentance? <clears throat> repentance. It is honestly just getting down, you know, one on one with a heavenly Father and say, you know, man, I've had it all wrong. Oh, it's up to the individual. Yeah, it's no, up to see, the individual you cannot do anything that. corporate if the individual is not dealt with yeah. first. They're digging their heels. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So basically, a time for individuals and corporate prayers of repentance rather than sitting comfortably in our chairs. Perhaps we gather around the altar and, and, and pray that God would renew us in his image, that God would convict us of sin and that we would repent. And that's where I don't see you have a time limit. No, you know. As long as people are still praying, as long as things are, are you know, people are, are pouring their hearts out with God, that's not something that Okay, we're going to say this and do it for five minutes and move. I mean, if if the Holy Spirit is there. Well, a good example of that would be, you know, something that was witnessed in a weekly group thing uh, maybe about a month or so ago without naming any kind of names and any kind of programs or anything. One individual uh, kind of stayed to themselves and they prayed during the whole period. And then when things were wrapped up, they were still praying. And there was actually some prayer that, that broke out corporately. Um, you know, uh, the wisdom is in rec- recognizing where God is. God is always such a center of prayer, especially if it is, you know, truthful, repentant prayer. If it's the prayer for, Lord, let me win the lottery this week so that I may pay off all my bills, no. But, you know, prayer is just fellowship with the Father. And so, uh, you know, did that fit the mold of the program? It did not. But, you know, on, you know, on, on the Pentecostal side, sometimes when we interrupt things like that, uh, the term is quenching the Holy Spirit. Because sometimes the Holy mm-hmm. Spirit... You, you even hear that in our own uh, in our own church on Sunday. Every now and then, the pastor will say, "You know what? 
I had this ready to go, but the Holy Spirit has changed it. And he is subject to preempt anything right. that we may well, he is have, in charge. Yeah. He have, is in charge. Uh conceived. And so, you know, yeah. I mean just like the uh just like the uh prison ministry that, that we participate in, it is bathed in prayer. A lot of prayer. Just like some of the week uh weekend uh walks that we participated in. There's a lot of prayer there. Because that that is the catalyst for change. Mm -hmm. You know, the, the scripture says that the prayer of the righteous availeth much. Mm -hmm. Sure. You know, the, our righteousness is through Jesus Christ. It's nothing of our own doing. But the thing is, that goes with the renewing of the mind. When we set our sights on the holiness of God, and like you said, we want to be, become more like him, then those things that we sing about become distant you know, they're not relative anymore. But it, it is that transformation that starts within us that says, I no, I no longer want to be that guy that goes to the bars on Friday night and sits in the church on Sunday morning. I want to be somebody that literally is an Amos kind of guy, the guy that'll go out there and pluck his friend out of the fire and save him, you know, that God be glorified and the kingdom of God be expanded. Amen. So as, as Westlands, we ought to grasp that and be very open to that and familiar with that because our very founding, the, the Methodist revival, started from the prayers and the consecration of this little nutty group of called the Holy Club. Yep. And they started praying, and God fired that into a movement and then went off. <clears throat> you also look in what's going on in South America and, and Africa, and if you go to... A Methodist church in Brazil or in Cuba, those cats have prayer in the mornings before they go to work in preparation for the Sunday services. They literally gather in the mornings, hundreds of them, and pray <clears throat> for an hour or so before they go to work. Now, I know we need to kind of put this first part of the episode to a merciful end, but our North American modern educated, sophisticated people, are we willing to humble ourselves and add and do something like that to bring the fire and the power of the Holy Spirit back to our church? I actually think maybe we are, but we're lazy. We're indifferent. You know, if it competes with my daily life, you know, if we gave 10%, you know, the tithing is 10%, but, you know, the, the the money is just one facet of it, Greg. If we truly gave God just 10% of our time, that's two hours and 40 minutes mm -hmm. of uninterrupted time with God. Can you imagine how dramatically, radically different our lives would be if we gave God that two hours and 40 minutes every day without fail? Mm. Can you imagine? That's a very good point, Jody. That's radical and revolutionary. Yeah. What also is revolutionary is new and exciting ways to drill and countersink a hole in an aircraft uh, surface. And those crazy folks at Innovative Tooling Services, which is now a division of Adept Fasteners, those cats have fasteners, fastening system, installation tooling knowledge, and application experience. That's why they're on the leading edge 
of aerospace tooling. Those guys have got it going on. So if you have a structural problem and you're working on or building or doing any type of thing that flies, whether it's a missile, helicopter, fixed wing aircraft, whatever, give those <coughs> folks at Innovative Tooling Services a call. They're at 1-800-832-7009 or look them up on the World Wide Web at InnovativeTooling.com. And we'll be back. And we're back. So then if we've talked about what is and what is not evangelism, what is renewal personally and corporately, and does it proceed or is it a result of evangelism, then here's the ancient and honorable term, revival. I have heard revival from the time I was this tall to that, and, and revival is a catch-all for a lot of things. So what does it look like? So, I, and can it be instigated or are we to remain passive until it, quote unquote, breaks out? What do you say, Jody? No, I don't think it can be instigated. I really don't. So you can't gin it up like you know, an old fashioned siren. No, huh? you, you cannot. And I believe that true revival is a byproduct of the renewing of your mind the corporate renewal, renewing of your mind. You know, to renew something is to put it in its original state. So we're actually going back to the Garden of Eden here when we were in a uh, whole state. To renew is to make new. Yeah, to walk in complete fellowship with God. And the only way that we can do that is really separating ourselves from sin reaching out, grabbing that grace, and seeking after the holiness of God. And, you know, it's not a formula. It's not, you know, you can't just, uh, you know, you just can't say a prayer like, you now I lay me down to sleep kind of prayer. But it is truly taking your carnal mind and judging it against what the Word of God says and letting the Word of God be supreme mm -hmm. when you... When your spirit man comes in line and subject to the word of God, then you're going to see that transformation. You're going to see that renewal birth out that uh, will be the catalyst of change. Ryan? I think renewal is key to revival because where those that desire to be in a closer, closer relationship with Jesus Christ. If they wish to be renewed, they repent. They, they earnestly seek that renewal. You get enough people doing that. You get enough people praying for that. Is it possible for a revival to occur? Absolutely. Because in my opinion, can, can revival be drummed up? If you want to drum up a revival, it starts with renewal, number right. one. To but, plan it and say August the sixteenth, we're through having the twenty first. We're gonna okay. have a revival. You can't do that because that <laughs> no. because revival Here to me is the <laughs> outpouring of God's Holy Spirit upon a church or upon yeah. a group of churches or whatever the case may be. It, it's it's an extraordinary time of yeah. spiritual, <clears throat> you know, yeah. and uh, that's revival. It's so, it's very arrogant. 
to think that, now, that you can say, okay, God, we have that's allocated Let's book an evangelist. This, this let's set yeah. some dates, yeah. and the yes. Holy Spirit will come exactly. because he's our dog on now, command. Right. Do we need a revival? Yes. Without we a need a revival because we are You know what? Revival are is renewal dead. every day. You know, uh, if we're corporately doing the things that we should do, you know, revival never ends. Well, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go back to my church church history days, meaning my personal history okay. in, in the church. And there was a man that I went to church with, and I respected him for a lot of the things he said. But one of the things that used to come out of his mouth, as it pertained to revivals, when revivals would be scheduled, as we were talking about, he said, "You know what? A revival means to take something that's dead and make it alive." And I'm alive, so I really don't need a revival. And I thought about that. But we're talking about a spiritual life. There it is. Right, And, and, and then the more I thought about it, I said, huh, well, if we are creatures transformed to transform other people and transform the world around us, then that means we're used. And much like a knife, the more it's used, the edge gets a little dull, right? Thus, I've never noticed, I've never known of a knife that doesn't ever need sharpening now and then. So if we take that little analogy to our lives spiritually, I agree with the gentleman that, yeah, I'm not dead yet spiritually. I'm still alive. I'm still here. I'm still coming. I'm still praying. But we do need that refinement, that sharp edge for us to be what God calls us to be personally and corporately. And like you said, it it has to be, it can't be scheduled. You can't put it on your schedule and say, at this point, we're going to be revived. It has to proceed complete, honest repentance and and just humility. Can a a church that is knowingly has members, knowingly is a church in the wrong direction, not doing things the way that we should be doing it, not offering the proper biblical correction to those members who are straying, a church that is by all accounts more like the world than the kingdom, can a revival ever occur in that church? No. God, God, I, I, yeah, God is, can do anything. What is impossible with man is possible yeah. with God. But absent of a divine intervention, probably Because not. that's well, why revival, revival fails when we schedule, yeah. when, when right. we say we're having a revival right. on X day, yeah. X day. Just if the church has by. not done anything to no. deal with the sins of the folk Amen. that are coming, then we will be well, automatically quenching the spirit before yeah. it ever starts. So that's the, why he's the a point preacher. is to recognize, though, that revival is in of itself a sovereign act of God. Absolutely it is. We have it is absolutely on God. nothing no, to do with that. No, sir. And, and going back to your analogy about the sharp blades, you know, uh, a piece of steel cannot become sharp unless the tradesman, unless the master... It can't sharpen itself, That's can it? right. It has to be external. That's right. But, now here's the big but with that. If we're, if we're in a state of renewal, then Greg... I'm that piece of iron that's going to sharpen you, and you're yes. that piece of iron that's going to sharpen me. So much like sanctification, renewal can't happen by yourself. Right. It happens in a community, well, no, does it not? Absolutely. It is community. This oh, thing was go. never designed to be solitary and, and confined. I wish y'all could watch what's going on here. It's funny. As people get ideas, here comes the books, and here comes the ideas, <laughs> and... Uh, 
The pastor is consulting. <laughs> the pastor is on a roll. Let me tell you, he is he's something else. Uh, okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna bring up something that is current. Uh, uh, today is the 11th of February, and ever since Wednesday, there has been a revival, quote unquote, been breaking out at Asbury University, a seminary where we get a lot of our pastors, and it's interesting because revivals. Are, are 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 good, and we see the Holy Spirit poured out. But then we see external people coming in and being drawn to that. What what is is a revival something to be attracted to, and something to go forth, kind of like a burning bush that we should it should catch our eye, and we should be attracted to physically go there. What do you think about it? Yes, no, I, I absolutely do believe that. Yes. I believe revival is nothing more than a uh, a flame in the darkness, and, and we know that moths are attracted to that flame. You know, uh, it's intoxicating. It is, you know, when you, when, when you see what's going on there, yeah, I mean, you might be saying, I'm not going to stick my toe in that water, but you're going to come to the edge. Right. And as you get to the edge, you know, you... Taste and see if yeah, what God exactly, is Yeah, exactly, exactly. Amen. Uh, interesting, I mean, because I, I read a lot on social media, you know, we're we're getting a busload of people and going. And, and while I love supporting my, you know, own church on, on the Lord's Day and being there... I just wonder sometimes if it may, you know, it, it may not be wise to pack up your church bus well, and now here's church the thing. somewhere else. But I, go ahead. Well, you you got to also think now, if these people are posting on social media, we are going, they're doing it to be seen. They want to mm. be a part of it, and they're, they're saying, they want to do it so they can say, I was a part no, of I that. I agree with As that. opposed to... I'm going, I ain't telling a soul about it because I don't okay. care who knows because okay. I'm going because the Lord has drawn me to that place right now. And that's yeah. a perfect segue in how do you, Ryan, discern authentic revival versus what you've described and I call oh, all I engineered got, exuberance. All I got to do is, all you got to do is, you know, I'm pretty sure the scripture tells us to test the spirits. Yes, right. Correct? Absolutely. Yep. So we can test the spirits. And, you know, I... I, I I can't judge whether anybody's saved or unsaved, but as our pastor says here, you know, we are fruit inspectors. Sure. We can judge somebody yep. by their fruit, and you can tell whether or not they are or not. Well, if you have a church that is, um, well, let's just go ahead and throw it out here, UMC-related, having drag queens come on Sunday morning and, and minister to the children, right. and they say, we're having a revival, and I'm going to no, you ain't. You're having right. a car. No. You're having something, car, but right. it it Freak ain't a revival. Right. And you know, and I I kind of you know it's all about you can tell it if the Holy Spirit of God is all over a place and this is a revival of God, you will feel it. That's you right. will know it. Yeah. Let me tell you something about revival. Revival is meant for the body mm. of Christ. Revival is not meant. For the lost, if the, if there is a true revival going on, that is the ultimate uh, empowerment to be equipped to go out. Well, well, that's but how many times? How many times do our churches base the effectiveness on revival on how many? How People many showed up? Yeah, or how many? How many uh, made a uh, profession of faith? Right. Well, hey. 
You can't be revived if you've never been born again. The, the very term Amen, revival means to be reawakened yes. from the dead. Yes. And only through salvation right. are we initially awakened from the dead. So by its very by the terminology, words mean things. Revival is directed at the saints exactly. of God. And and I, I it's just like the seventh chapter of Matthew. The the first half of the seventh chapter says, Don't judge. Okay, and that means those people who you used to be like, you who were sinners exactly and, right. and were not regenerated, but once they cross that line of salvation, at that point you do become a fruit inspector. You sure do. Well, Amen. now, 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 if you take the word for what it says, it says, "Don't you know that we're going to be judging angels?" Yeah. The 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 thing about judging, you hit it on the head, Greg. We do have a right to judge. The one who says, I'm a believer of Jesus Correct. Christ. Amen. Yep. You, you, yeah, we don't have to sugarcoat it and call it a fruit inspector. We have the right to judge. Yes. And, uh, you know, you're right. When we're, when we're talking about not judging, that's people who have not seen the light. That's right. You can't, because as they are, right. so once was I. Right. I can't be a hypocrite no. and say I'm better than they are. <clears throat> no, I, I get it. Now, I, and I want to throw this out here as just a little... Side note here, that is not to say in any way, shape, form, or fashion that the Holy Spirit of God cannot work through a revival to save the lost. And no, those absolutely. That so, uh, you know, that, that wasn't that anyway, right. But, you know. No, you, but, but you know what we call that? Just the residual glory of God Amen. right there. Back in the old days, I can remember when our morning service was called worship. Yeah. That was the congregation of the redeemed praising God and then on Sunday night it used to be called survey said the evangelistic service really? yes because that was primarily when you brought your friends and neighbors and the sermon was very evangelistic yeah. salvation oriented and that was the time that you tried to convert the people that you could bring in. Brother, I that was very that, specific. I, honestly, I think that was spot on. How many times does a person come into a, uh, a church service and are lost as a hand? Right. And we're sitting there talking about the seven churches of Revelation. They can't get up to speed. They have no earthly idea. Right. But at the same time, the Sunday morning service, that is for the ones in Christ. Yeah, that is for edification yes, and worship. Yes, absolutely. So I like that idea, having a specific service that deals with that. Because you bring them in. <laughs> Pretty soon, Jody, you're going to be putting a tent up out there with a bullhorn. Let's go with it. I'm going to get the guy across the street to come over. Y'all are make me start, you know... Doing a disclaimer before I do my message on Sunday morning. Now, if you are not saved, feel free to come back to our evening service. We yeah. will, you know, invite seriously you. though, if we are, if Wesleyans are connectional, why could several churches together have like the old camp meeting? And, and I know this is old school, and this is probably everybody's like rolling their eyes. Why could we not have evangelistic services? Outside the church, guess no, what? Really where people where, could walk up and—that's where revival would break out. It is absolutely. That's called but, the marketplace. Yeah, and then once you bring them in, then you can say, "Okay, you live in this neighborhood. Here you go, Ryan. Here's some fish for your bucket, and here's well, some yeah. for ours, and whatever." You know, just to put it's it not down. 
to be selfish. No. It's evangelization of the lost. Well, you put, you know, to put it into uh, an analogy that, that one could understand, you know, uh, a surgeon does not become a surgeon the first time, that, the first day or the first year or even the first, you know, couple years that he is in school. That surgeon becomes a surgeon through a, a lifetime of practice. Right. And you can't expect somebody to come in and see and that, that, that. And that's the problem, Greg, that we really face is we have the drive-through mentality that uh, I want it and I want it now. And uh, it just doesn't work that way. Well, can the Holy Spirit impart wisdom on you that, that, that supernaturally can, you know, enlighten you to what the word of god is saying absolutely but if that if it weren't that we are supposed to study to show thyself approved then you know it could it would be a one and done and this is not a one and done thing and we cannot treat people who come through those doors as one and done those people that come through those doors you know uh, it's a life commitment well it's a life commitment you know and i think that has a lot to do with with our failings on evangelism uh, just in general is, and this is something that's becoming very apparent to me now, more so as being a pastor now than it ever was before. There's a lot of people sitting in churches that aren't saved. No, that's true. And, and, yes. and it's becoming very, very apparent because if, if you truly are saved, if you truly have the Holy Spirit dwelling within you, you will thirst yes. yeah. yep. for the things of God. Amen. And we don't have that. No appetite, and, and no life. So much of our lack of evangelism in churches and our lack of desire to have these, well, first off, churches, unchurched, ain't going to evangelize. No, they're not. No. Uh, and then, you know, the, we got plenty of people with knowledge. We got plenty of people that, but there's more opportunity out there than there's ever been to evangelize. Right. Yep. But it's laziness and it's selfishness. I got to tell you something. It is laziness, okay? And uh, I, I will say that uh, I, I was leading a, a uh, Sunday school class once upon a time. And one of the things I tried to do every week is listen, scripture memorization. Let's come back in. And now these are adults I'm dealing with, and they come in the next week and they couldn't even recite the scripture that that we talked about. It's it, man, that was disheartening. You a hard man. <laughs> well, there was no desire. There's no desire. I played. Yeah, what, what did David say to put that word in your heart that I might not sin upon thee? But no, that's right. And I'm not being a, a, apocalyptic, but there may be a day where we may not yeah. have access to the scripture and then what will the church do it's what we have hidden that's exactly in our right heart. i mean you read this is an old saw but you read a lot of pow accounts when they did not have the bible they would sit there and and they would recite verses they and this is you know 40 and 50 and 60 years ago when more when more people were raised in the church they would recite scripture and they would write them down and then they would gather a, a list of the remembered scriptures, and that's how they made it through. Go ahead, Jim. Greg. I, I want to, you know, there's an old song, and you may have heard it. And I don't even know. I'm an old guy. I don't so even know have. the name of it, but man, uh, when I heard it, you know, it really resonated with me. And it was a story, I think, based around World War II, and there was a soldier, and uh, he came to 
whatever the, you know, chapel time or whatever, okay? And you were supposed to, you know, you were supposed to have your Bible and conform in a certain way. Well, this particular soldier pulled out a deck of cards. And so, you know, he, right. oh, Lord, the, uh, the commanding officer brought him up on charges, and he's like, man, the disrespect you have. Well, the old boy said, uh, he says, what do you have to say for yourself? And the old boy said, well, I'll tell you. He said, uh, I didn't have a Bible, and I don't have a Bible. But he said, let me tell you what this deck of cards means to me. And, man, he started pulling out every card, every number, and he pretty much preached the whole Bible there with that right there. And he says, you see, when I see this number seven, he says, it reminds me of this. He said, so the point being is he had the Word of God hidden it, in his heart. Hard. Okay. And they judged him because of a lack of a Bible. And I reckon that was a true story. But very interesting song. Anyway, I digress. Wow. Wow. I've not heard that. So thank you for sharing. But it is true. I'm trying I to mean, send it to you. It's, uh, it's very important that we are people of the book. And we are most uh, importantly people of, that are renewed and empowered by the Holy Spirit. So as we end this podcast today, you can find this episode and other Across the Rail podcast episodes on popular platforms like Anchor, iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher. Actually, Stitcher owns Anchor, so I need to change my, uh, my ending statement here. But if you listen on iTunes, yeah, we need that five-star rating, folks. So if you will do that, we would be most appreciative. If you have questions on this or any other episode, or if you even like to ask a question that we could form an episode around. We are absolutely open to that. Send your comments, cheers or jeers, to comments at acrosstherail.com or look up Across the Rail podcast on Twitter by our handle at across underscore rail and on Facebook as, fa Facebook as at Across the Rail podcast. Please give us a like there and leave any feedback or questions. I see you folks getting on the web on our page, so uh, leave us a question, and, uh, and thank you so much for listening. So uh, any final thoughts before we bring this to a close? Pray for renewal. Pray Personal. For, yes, pray for the folks at Asbury, that that would be the prime mover sure. for, this, for the new, the new warm-hearted, spirit-led uh, Wesleyan movement. Uh, now that we're moving out of the UMC and going forward, I pray that it begins with me personally and us corporately. Amen. Yeah, I think of the, in the Old Testament, behold, I do a new thing. There you go. That new thing is a continuation. Amen. And it never ends. Jody, why don't you uh, lead us in prayer there, brother? Okay. Close us out. Father God, we thank you for the awesome privilege to get together as uh, men of God. And to discuss things, Lord, that, that are really serious and true to our hearts, Lord God. I just ask now, Lord, that uh, the things that we have discussed and the listeners will hear, Lord, that uh, like-minded folks will take that to heart, Lord, and uh, that renewal will begin with the man in the mirror, mm -hmm. Father God, and then uh, one person at a time. And Father God, we just ask that uh, you bless our endeavors as we seek your holiness. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. amen.